one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love game trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Perigo Gorman. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the trap, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get them better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, it was better. Back in the fur shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Great to be here, guys. Great to have you back. The podcast is brought to you as always by Cots Brothers Lures. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cots Bros have a full line of trapping supplies to get you started on the trap line. Whether it's traps and snares, whether it's miscellaneous parts and supplies that you need, uh, baits and lures, uh, maybe some books and DVDs to get you going. Cotsbros.com has it all. Check them out. K-A-A-T-Z bros.com we're also brought to you by onx maps use your phone as a gps in the trap line onx is going to become if you start using it one of the most valuable tools that you have in your arsenal when you're out there running traps uh, you can use the app uh, download on your phone and you've got access to all of the latest aerial imagery you've got landowner information uh, those satellite images, you got topo maps, you can run tracks, you can mark your trap locations. I use it all of the time. This year was the first year that I completely went 100% on X uh, on my line and uh, no backup GPS. Um, that's That was a big step for me for several years now. I've been using Onyx and having a, a backup GPS in case something went wrong, but uh, it's been so reliable for me and uh, when you get home at the end of the day, you get back into cell service. If you're like me and you don't have cell service through most of your trap line, you get back into service, it will automatically upload your waypoints and tracks uh, into the cloud so that you can access many time. If you drop your phone out of the trap line, you're going to be able to to uh, to get a new phone, get a different device. You can look from a tablet, from a, you can get on your laptop, and you can find all of your waypoints there uh, preserved. Uh, and so that's uh, onxmaps.com and if you go to that website and use the promo code TRAP when you check out uh, your first purchase you're going to get a 20% off discount just for using that code T-R-A-P at onxmaps.com and finally we were brought to you by Trapping Today Store go to trappingtodaystore.com for uh, 
my lures, uh, that uh, wide selection of lures that I use on my trap line and guys from all over the country, guys and gals from all over the country are using very successfully and uh, just tons of great feedback. If you need trap and lure, uh, that's a good source to, to get a good quality lure that catches a lot of fur. You can also get the Trapping Today shirts, t-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, a uh, variety of other things, and my books. Uh, I have I have three different books for sale available there on the site, trappingtodaystore.com. Always appreciate your support. All right, guys, it's been uh, quite a while. I haven't been on here podcasting. I, I, I miss you guys, but I also gotta be honest I kind of like this new podcast schedule because it's much less stressful for me and especially right the last few weeks because I have been trapping so um, it's been nice to you know just to be out there trapping whenever I can find a free minute from my other work and other obligations and uh, not have to worry about um, being getting home being exhausted and wanting to make sure I get a podcast uploaded every each and every week so um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a good trap line. I've had a lot of fun. I have closed it out, and uh, I have I could provide a, a summary for you. I think I'm gonna do that and hold on to that for a future episode because I got a lot to get into in tonight's interview, which goes for probably an hour, actually a little over an hour, I think. So uh, I don't want to I don't want to get on here for too long, but I will just. Uh, say that it's been uh, an excellent season I had a lot of fun I learned a lot and uh, and I think those are two things that really uh, uh, are a lot of what matters right now when when we're trapping an era with very extremely low fur prices and uh, not really a, a lot of other options to sell fur combined with really high fuel expenses, high vehicle expenses, and and, uh, just overall inflation on everything uh, that we have as inputs. So uh, if if you're still trapping and you're enjoying yourself and you're learning and you're becoming a better trapper, I think that's uh, a lot of uh, about all we can ask for right now in, in the current state we're in. One thing that I have spent a lot of time doing, because I've been trying to keep up to speed with it and it's gaining a lot of momentum, is the YouTube channel. So if you want to follow along with uh, how my trap line has progressed this season, I have a series of videos, Northern Maine Martin Fisher Trapping. Actually, I think it's called Northern Maine Martin Trap Line. And I think I have five out right now, four or five. And I believe there's two more. Uh, to finish out the season uh, and I've been uploading those once a week so you can follow along with my catches with uh, ups and downs on the line and uh, get up to speed that way and then in, in a future episode coming up here I will provide a, a recap and overview of the season and as I've been spending a lot of time on the trap line and back here in the fur shed I have uh, had time to think a lot about different topics that I, I want to discuss and talk about on on the podcast in the future so um, I'll I'll maintain a little bit of a list and maybe this winter we'll get into some uh, some more variety of topics and maybe a few extra episodes uh, in addition to what our our normal schedule has been lately Uh, but until then guys uh, I've got an interview here with northern Minnesota trapper Cole Olson and we cover a wide variety of different topics um 
So I hope you enjoy it and uh, get a little bit of perspective from a different part of the country uh, from what I'm used to and a lot of you guys are, are probably used to. Let's get into it. Okay, so Cole Olson, the only thing I know about you is you are from Minnesota and you are a raccoon trapper and you uh, you want to talk trapping. Yeah. Let's get into it. All right. Tell me about uh, tell tell me about how you got started trapping and and uh, what you do there in Minnesota. Well, it all started in fourth grade. We were uh, I, we had to read an article for science, <clears throat> and it was in a textbook that these homeowners were having trouble with the raccoons. So they ended up buying a a live trap. So I went home and I asked Dad, "Can I get a live trap?" He said, "Yeah, go ahead." Two weeks later, I put some uh, sardines in the back of it. I caught my first coon, and it all started from there. So you weren't born into a trapping family or anything. You just kind of fell into it. Yep. Right on. And now my wife and kids, they all go along now. Yeah. Yeah. So how how long have you been trapping? Oh, since probably 2008. Okay. Nice. And, uh, what, so, so, uh, you know, how, how'd your trapping, uh, progress from, from that first cage trap to, uh, to where you are now? Oh, I went way better. I think my first year with, when I was using, uh, our, uh, live traps, I only caught a few and then I moved on to dog proof. So now I'm catching, uh, 70 to 80 coon a year now, finding more and more about the animal, where they're going, where they're eating. So, so raccoon is the, the primary animal that you trap? Oh, I'm a big coyote chaser, too. Doing dirt hole sets and step-down sets. A little bit of snaring here and there. Huh. And then I, I love my fisher and bob, bobcat. So for folks that are not familiar with northern Minnesota, can you tell us a little bit more about what it's like there, the type of animals, and the type of trapping? A lot of farm fields and a lot of low-ground swampy areas. Um, so there's some big timber up here. The problem is that we either have coyotes or we have timber wolves. Okay. And the, the west you go, you have more coyotes. And then the more north you go, you have a lot of big timber, a lot of big timber wolves. And the sad part is we can't trap timber wolves up here yet. We were hoping to get it passed this year where we could get a tag or two. But now, we were you were yet. you ever able to trap them in Minnesota when when the wolves were initially delisted? Yes, they had a they had a season for a week and they already filled their numbers within three days of having it open. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I I know I I was reading into that a little bit recently where there was a there was a was a federal judge overturned a decision and, and yeah, and uh, she's not even from here. That's the sad part. So you've got you've got uh, wolves and coyotes. Uh, you got a mix of of forest and farm ground. You get pretty. I assume you get really cold, snowy winters. Yeah, forty, fifty below. Pretty same weather you guys have. You just guys get more snow than we do. Okay. Is it just we drier there, or you get more warm ups in the winter? Way drier up here. Okay. Huh. So that probably helps with uh, being able to to do more more dirt trapping anyway yeah it just it sucks digging in like dirt when it's 30 40 below and using the axe to get a bit bit your trap bed in 
Yeah, that's a lot of work. I I remember uh, watching Tom Miranda. And I can't remember if he was. I I feel like he was in either North Dakota. Um, he was somewhere out there. He he was setting fox traps and in in, uh, in the winter time, and there was no snow, but the ground was frozen hard as a rock. It was one of those yep. old fur fishing game videos, and he had a big axe chopping at the ground trying to get a trap bed dug out. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, I. I, that that I'm sure that can be a pain, but I mean, the snow is the snow. I think is probably worse because you just you just get put out of business when you get two feet of snow. Correct. There's no reason to even dirt hole sets anymore. You're better off just snaring. Yeah, and and of course we can't do that here. Can you guys snare it where you're at? Yep. Well, that's we nice. just have to have a ten inch loop or smaller, and then it's got to be so many inches off the ground. Okay, just so you don't catch wolves. Is that Correct. The okay. And then uh, we got Bobcat and Fisher opens this weekend, so I'm getting all my boxes ready for that. Okay. Uh, do you have a certain number of tags that you? Uh... Yeah, we're only allowed two Fisher per year in Minnesota, or two Pine Martin, or or one Pine Martin and one Fisher. Okay. Yeah. So two two combined between the two yeah. species. And then Bobcat, we're allowed five. And those are all statewide limits? Yep. Okay. Because I know that, you know, Minnesota is one of those states that varies a lot, you know, from north to south geographically. You get the 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 country is so different, right? You get into Correct. completely treeless ground and mostly all farm country. Uh, yeah. And when you get further south there. Yeah, I'm only about 40 miles from a Canadian border. So you're you're way up there. Yep. Then you get up towards Ely there, and that's on the eastern tip of Minnesota. They have the like the losing boxes you have for the lynx. Okay, I I always I always thought that Ely would be very similar to Northern Maine. Yep, dang near the same. Yep. Very small town, there. very isolated, very cold and <laughs> snowy. Yep. yep. Yep, and actually that's where. A lot of our pine martin are up there, up in that area. Okay. We don't get a lot of pine martin up here. And so they yeah. have they have to use exclusion devices similar to ours. Pretty close to yours, yeah. A little bit different, but yeah. Have you ever gone and tried that? Up that way, no. But you can catch a few martin where you're at. Yep. Yep. The real catch. Uh, it's very rare we catch one this far west, but I have caught them. But we do have some big fisher up here. I mean, I think the one I caught last year was twenty three pounds. That is that is a huge fisher. Yeah. 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 We I I don't. I, it's it's difficult for me to to really know because of the boxes they they Correct. prevent us from being able to catch those larger fisher, but. Um, I, I still, even that being said, I don't know how many fisher we get that are like over 15 pounds. Correct. I, and you the, get a lot of refusals then with that? We do, that we do, but I, I'm starting to, my opinion on that is starting to change a little bit. And part of it, okay. part of it is from my, some of my experience this year, because this year I caught um, 16 fishers. And they were all in those uh, boxes with four inch by four inch openings. 
Okay. And in previous years, I would have had the same number of fishers in the area, you know, approximately, but almost all refusals. Correct. And so there's a combination of I'm doing some things a little different than I used to as I've learned over the years. But also, you know, this year they just happen to be pretty high densities and and hungry. Um, yeah. And they just seem to go into the boxes more readily and squeeze themselves in. So okay. I used to think, well, I'm only catching the smallest, you know, maybe smallest 30 or 40% of what's out there, or the smallest 50% or whatever. But now I'm starting to wonder if maybe I'm, you know, I'm catching the bulk of the fishers, uh, you know, the si- bulk of the size range of the fishers in years like this. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, um, get my hands on some fishers caught with footholds to really know that for sure and uh and get a bunch of weights on those but um i've talked to a lot of people and you don't you don't hear about a 20 pound fisher up here okay so i'm not sure if it's uh if it has, has to do with the the methods we're using or if it's you know just the way they are here yeah i had to release one this uh earlier this fall the fisher season has been open till like the third weekend of december and that was not fun, even using the catch pole. Yeah, they're mean. <laughs> I think they had to lay on the catch pole to get the to even him get the trap off his back leg. Yeah, yeah. When I first started coyote trapping, my first year, I released two back to back, and man, that was not fun. <laughs> I well, one I, one of them, I released it, and I thought it would take off running. It it took off, but it came right at me. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, when, they, when they're hungry, they, they'll put, put themselves through any small little hole. They're like a small bear. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, we've sometimes we'll catch them in boxes here, and they pack themselves in so tightly to get in there, you can't get them out without taking them home and and thawing them out and and uh, and Brack. get them out to get them out of the box. Sometimes you gotta take the box apart. Yeah. And you guys are allowed for trap size. You guys are allowed. 220s and 160s yeah um we have two different styles of boxes we can use one of the styles is for like a 120 or 155 okay and that's the ones i've been mainly using the other style is for 160 or 220 um the way the box is designed for the 160s and the 220s uh the fisher has to go and make a 90 degree turn at the entrance of the box to get in so there's like okay. kind of two openings it has to go through. Okay. And uh, what I have found is even though those openings can be a little bit bigger, they're like five by six inches and six by seven inches or six by six inches maybe. Um, I still don't seem to catch any bigger fisher in those boxes. Mm. And they take way more space in the truck. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so I've just, I've just transitioned to using mostly the small boxes. Right. But yeah, that, that, so, so we're, we are, we're very, we're very limited. I mean, if, if the good thing is if they can fit through that four inch hole, they're going to fit through uh, a one twenty, but barely, I mean, they, they are just barely, barely getting their necks and heads skull through that one twenty. It's pretty amazing sometimes that to see uh, how, how you're able to catch, catch those animals. Yeah. And then I do a lot of ADC work for the uh, the highway department up here for beaver. I think I ended up with 80 beaver this year. Okay, so you do a little bit of everything. Yep. 
Yeah, so you got a lot of you have a lot of beavers there. Yeah, we got some massive beaver. I think the biggest beaver I got this year was seventy-two pounds. Wow, nice. I've been using those new RBGs, the round ones. Yep. They they sit and run so nice. How do you how do you like to anchor those? I use multi T bar sticks, and then the new V stand that Nick Ermey invented. Oh, okay. Have you seen those? Um, no, I haven't. So they're a special stand for the RBGs. No, they'll work on anything. They'll work anything from a square one twenty all up to a three thirty square or round. Okay. So they're nice. You reverse You can you don't have to have all those square ones laying around. You just have one stand that does all your body gripping traps nice huh i'll have to look into those are they very expensive or oh not bad a dozen i think is like less than 30 bucks nice yeah that'd it's be nice not having all these h stands laying around and i got tons of them and i can just have one stand do they work in uh, how are they in deeper water they they only they have the short stands now, but they're trying to work on a deeper stand. Huh. But they work nice for otter and beaver, like small, short, shallower runs. Yeah. So let, let's get back to the raccoon trapping. Um, one of the questions I probably don't know enough about how you trap with raccoons there to to ask a lot of good questions so feel free to elaborate more on on okay. uh, any aspect of it but one of the things that comes to mind immediately when you say you're raccoon trapping there is uh how how does the cold weather affect him because i know up here when we get a get real cold snaps the raccoons just turn off and they're you can't catch them they're just not around they, if you can, if you get in a nice den tree or close to a den tree up here, they'll move. They don't start, start shutting off here till about you know you get down to the negatives. But a few times I've caught them at warm around at twenty below. Hmm. Um, a lot of my dog proof, and then I use a lot. I catch them a lot in the summer, earlier fall in a pocket set, but mostly it's all dog proofs. Cornfields, culverts. What uh, what what time of year do you typically start? October. Usually October fifteenth is the opener. Okay. And then uh, a lot of the farmers haven't got their corn off, and we're allowed to trap the right away in Minnesota. So, you drive around any cornfield, you're going to find a nice raccoon trail going in and out of that cornfield. Okay. So you just slap a dog proof right in there, and you got a coon the next day you show up. So that's pretty nice that you're able to right away trap that. I'm sure that opens up a lot of opportunity. Yeah, and there's a lot of people up here that don't know that it's it's legal. There was a guy this year that I got was making a big scene. I was trapping the right away, and I pretty worked pretty closely with the game warden. So he, he's like, shows me, say, yeah, he can trap the right away. There's nothing you can do about it. Do you have any? Uh, any issues there with competition or theft, trap theft or anything? No, they're pretty, I haven't, of the 15 years I've been trapping, I've never had a trap stolen. I mean, the farmers around here, they want them out of here just as much as I do. Yeah. Because when a, when a, when a raccoon gets in a cornfield, that's not good. They make a mess, huh? 
Yeah. Them and black bears. <laughs> yes, for sure. We a lot of our black bears are hibernating in some of these cornfields that don't get took off. Really? It either snowed too soon or got too wet. Yeah. So we were allowed, we're allowed to run dogs too here too once in a while. Okay. I run along with my buddy, he runs a few dogs. Yeah. But do you have any uh specific tips, tactics, things that you've learned with raccoon trapping that work really well for you? I actually saw him there was a thing that came out as fruity pebbles syrup. Use it for like a luring scent. <laughs> okay. Love it. I actually have trail cam footage of a coon walking by my other bait and wanting to go into that, that Ruby Pebbles syrup. I just found it at the Walmart. <laughs> nice. So you just drizzle that into the dog proof with, you don't put anything else? No, I put uh, cat, mostly cat booby run around here. And then I just put a, a swipe over it and beside it. And kind of like when they're walking down the trail, they get a whiff of it and they go right into it. Okay. And uh, are you using like a specific type, like a push pull or a pull only, or specific? I do push pull because we have a lot of skunks up here too, and I like to get them. Then I'll, I extract the skunk answers. Yeah. And I sell the skunk answers to the the guys from Minnesota Trapping Supply. Yeah. Do you have a? Is there a specific dog proof that that you like, or you use just about anything? I use a lot of the Z traps. Yeah. And then I like to dupe Z dupe traps too. Yeah. And then I'm a big fan of the coon diggers. I can't have a lot of, I don't have a specific trap I like. Yeah. I've always wondered about that. I've never, I've never really done much dog proof trapping. It's just raccoon are not super abundant where I'm at. Okay. Um, well, you know, I catch, you know, we'll catch them incidentally in our other, other trapping, but I've wondered if that if I ever geared up and did a, a line with dog proofs, would I would I uh, just pick whatever I could, or would I find one that I really liked and stick with it? Just because they all have their own little differences, and it, I know there's I don't know if there's Freedom Brand to... makes a nice one. It's a FB one, and the kids can actually set that one with their hands. Really, so it's kind of user friendly. My my six year old can set it. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. And then, uh, coons coons are gonna. Well, they, they say they're gonna go for ten bucks this year. The bigger three X, but we'll see. Yeah. My fur buyer usually <laughs> comes in the end of May. He's this year. He's buying carcass beaver because he has a fox farm. Yeah. So we all we do is just stack our beaver up, and he comes a big old. Uh, like a dump trailer loads up. Huh. You, so he's buying carcass. You you just put, you probably run out of freezer space if you're leaving them on the carcass. Yeah, it's nice here. It's still pretty cold, so you can actually stack them outside pretty good. Okay. And then, yeah, we're getting, uh, for, the, for the highway department, I get $75 a beaver. Nice. For bounty. Nice, nice. Is that a is that a specific thing to your area or is it throughout the state? Uh just specific areas. Yeah. So springtime is a very busy time for me. 
Oh, I bet. If you could get a 75 on a beaver, that really, uh, <laughs> that's a good incentive. Yeah. For sure. And, and I get a call once in a while when uh, the highway department has a guy that tries to be a beaver trap, and I kind of show him how what's how he can't catch and stuff. So I've met some pretty good guys trying to get beaver and showing them how to do it. Do you have, uh, you have to be licensed to be an ADC trapper there? No, it's just a thing. You got to get a permit from the county to be, uh, to be for trapping for them. And pretty much as long as you're licensed, you can be, you can work for the highway department clearing out culverts and beaver dams. Okay. Yeah. And we get pretty big beaver down here. It sounds like it. Yeah. I, I mean, we, you know, most of the beavers I catch here are about 40 to 50 pounds. Or four, okay. Well, really 40 pounds. You don't catch a lot of 60-pound beaver here. But it, yeah. there's places. People send me emails all the time about, you know, 60, 70-pound beavers. So. Yeah. I still haven't caught a black one yet. I'm waiting to get one. Yeah, I I've never I never have. Our beavers are pretty dark. Are, do your beaver run dark, or are they more like the western beavers? More of a redder color. Okay, redder. Yeah, and and like you go like when I was out west in Montana, they were like a pale, like a really pale color, a really light, 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 like almost like a beaver pelt been in the sun for five years. Oh yeah. And, and uh, you come back here in northern Maine, and they're dark, dark, like. Uh, you know, just a really dark brown. So you, okay. but you're in, and we get kind of occasionally they'll get a reddish tinge to them. But, yeah. uh, but I, I guess I've heard that in the past in Minnesota that, that they're, they do have more of a reddish color. Yeah. And then our coyotes are overly smart around here. I mean, if I get 10 coyotes a year, that's a good year for me. Hmm. Even some of the well, known trappers have been trapping longer you know you get 15 20 coyotes you're a good coyote trapper in minnesota any foxes there well not, not really the coyotes really keep them in check yeah. you know 20 years ago we had a lot of red fox but once the coyote kind of got top dog around here yeah i i'll catch maybe two or three foxes a year yeah yeah common common throughout the country the red fox is really taking it on the chin uh, after coyotes moved in. So, any, and, uh, go ahead. Any type of bounty for them over there? No, nothing yet. Yeah, they, <laughs> there probably won't be very many harvested then this year. No, and you know, with fur prices being so low, nobody is out. Right. I mean, I, I've, in the last three, four years, I haven't ran into a trapper out there, which is sad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting because the people, obviously the people that are still doing it are the ones that love to do it, and they're you know I feel like we're in it for the right reasons, and mm-hmm. and and at the same time, we're we're sacrificing a lot to keep trapping, financially right. and with our time, and we're kind of in such low numbers that it makes you a little bit concerned about the future of trapping. Yeah. So I, I, I got my dad into it. My wife and kids are all into it. Um, they're buddies that w- are trying to get into it. So Cool. That's and cool. then I have a lot of people that like to ride along when I go on the trap line. And I, a lot of people that want to learn how to do it and carry on the tradition. Yep. What are your raccoons? Uh, 
size sizes ranging? Um, like actually, I caught a fifty-three pounder this year, and my average weight was twenty-five to thirty pounds this year. And how does that equate to pelt size? Um, well, that's a pretty big coon around North Minnesota, and I'll lose small ones. I lose your release. So if like, I get a so like, are you you getting a lot of two X, three X size coons? Oh. Yeah, everything I got this year was two or three X or bigger. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get many XLs this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a tough thing because if anything that's less than two X, you're probably not going to be able to sell this year. But, and you don't want to you don't want to keep them, and and just throw them away. But at the same Correct. time, the farmers are probably not too happy that you're releasing them. Correct. So what do you do? Yeah. And that's my favorite. My favorite animal trap is raccoon. And just there's cool creatures. They're afternexed hands. Um, I mean, some people say coon are easy to catch, but you get a trap tycoon that's the smartest animal out there. Yeah, I did. A, I don't know if you listened to it way back in the early days of the podcast. I did an interview oh, yeah. with Ron Jones. Yeah, <laughs> and yep, uh, he, he really broke down dog proof trapping for raccoons down to a science, didn't he? Yep. And then uh, Trapper Jay, no, Trapper Jay, no, what's the other one? The Iowa Trapper. Yeah. He's another guy that's knows the ins and outs of dog proofing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and uh, it's yes, they're easy to catch for maybe the. 80% of them, 80 yep. or 90%, but that 10 or 20% are, are the kind of the outliers. And I guess the yep. question is, do you want to get really good and learn how to, how to catch those or, or do you just pass them by? Yeah. Yep. But yeah, hopefully, then, hopefully the prices for those larger coons, hopefully they're, you know, they're sellable still. I mean, Grunwald is, is buying them right now. Um, you know they're not paying too much, but at least they're at least they've got some sort of market for them. Hopefully that continues. Yeah, and then beavers up. They're talking twenty five dollars for a green beaver this year for my fur buyer. We have a local fur buyer that I sell my fur to. Is he keeping the caster too? No, that's just a uh, yes. When he when he but he he will buy just skin skin beaver green for twenty five dollars. Jeez, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a good year for beaver this year. It sounds like. Yeah, the top the top that I've heard is twenty for the, the best. The caster is going to be forty to fifty dollars. It's kind of down from last year. Um, our bobcats, you know, we'll get some nice cats come out of Minnesota. They'll pay up to three hundred dollar range, but most of our milk stained females will go for thirty five to forty five bucks. Um, we have seen a few links running around here. So, I mean, they were talking about changing the rules to like you guys have those occlusion boxes, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. you sounds like you're right on the edge of that. Yeah. And I think if, if that happens, I don't see us catching any more Bobcat after that. 
Yeah. But, well, you catch them in footholds, obviously, but correct, correct. It it can make it can make life a little challenging. Um, the way we trap with footholds has changed a lot. Yeah. And you are you guys allowed eight and three quarter? How big a footholds can you guys use up there? Five and three eighths jaw spread. Oh, so the five fifties are your friend then. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and actually a KO K9 Extreme Junior is within the limits. Okay. Yeah. I have if it's, if it's those. inside laminated, which, although I think most of them are. Correct. Um, yep. Ken Dilley, I does a good job building those traps. Oh my God. I, I, I bought, I just bought a few of them to try them out. I love, I love those traps. Um, I have a few of those Beaver Extremes and I absolutely love them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the, the, I mean, the only, probably the only thing that's keeping me from buying more is the budget really yeah but. yeah but i mean what you get you get you pay for i mean it's the pan tension out of the box a little bit of wax and you're good to go yeah i had trouble with the juniors on pan tension i i i struggled for a long time um the the four coil i i actually oh. had to take two springs off to so i could finally get the tension below okay. five pounds even after waxing even after waxing and a whole crap okay. load of filing Yes. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. seen your video and I was like, I had the same trouble he did. I think everybody did. <laughs> I think everybody had that trouble. Correct. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of videos out there. I think you're the only one of the couple that I've seen that were even had the same problem or could actually figure out what was wrong with them. Well, the interesting thing was they were all, they were a bunch of them were showing up on Trapper Man on the trap shed for sale. Oh. Like yeah. unused K9 Extreme Junior. And I'm thinking like, these are great traps. Why are people selling them? And I started talking to people. People, some people were emailing about them, asking because I talked about them on the podcast w- one time, and I get some feedback there. And I thought, oh, okay, this is just a you know, this is a really common problem. And uh, once I figured it out, I, I was, you know that obviously that you know the trap. It, I think that it it was it was well worth the trouble for the trap that came out the other end of it. Correct. But yeah, it was, it was a little frustrating for a while. Yeah, and and, and I don't know. I I'm sure I probably I probably could have kept them four coiled and got the tension down to like three pounds, yeah. maybe. But I would have had to do a lot more filing work on them, and I wasn't really excited about that. And 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 I I took I I took the two springs off, and the trap was plenty plenty strong with two springs oh, on. Yeah. It. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm a I use a Bridger three fully modified. That's my go to coyote trap yeah we we wouldn't be able to use that here correct yeah. but yeah and we we also have uh we cannot use drags i don't know about if you guys use drags much yeah, but we can use drags. i use a lot of for my bobcat yeah that's uh that was always nice for us trapping in areas on on like uh public land and logging roads that hunters used a lot it was really nice to be able to use drags and yeah, just get, get that animal road. out of sight. Yeah. But and your Kyle's pretty heavy up there. Are they medium sized up there? Oh, they're big. They're big. Yeah. They're okay. they're they're we, part wolf. Yeah, we got some big dogs up here too. Yeah. Even our bob can't get pretty big. Do they? Yeah, 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. Wow. And our you know, our fish are get massive too. Yeah, apparently. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> So you're gearing up for fish, or what do you? What do you? Uh, you you get just 
setting up boxes? How do you how do you do your fisher line? I do a few natural cubbies with footholds, and then I do have my 160 boxes. And then I catch. Last year I caught a couple fish over my limit. Just there's lots of fish around, and then I do. I have cubbies for bobcat too. Then I hang some stencil up, and there's quite a few cats running around. Yeah. Do you like how many sets you usually like to run for Fisher? Well, you probably can't run too many because you. Correct. You're allowed two. Yeah. But the wife, she she can get two, and yeah. then my dad he traps with me too, so we were we, all the family can get six. Yeah. I usually run ten boxes of Fisher boxes. Yeah. And I run twenty to twenty-five bobcat boxes. Okay. And it probably doesn't take too long to get No. no. Fisher, I'm losing the next check. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And we're only allowed a week or nine days for Fisher oh, up here. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I and guess then... we're pretty fortunate here. We get a two-month season for them. And, okay. And, uh, you know, we used to – well, there used to be no limit on Fisher. Okay. And ironically, as the Fisher became more abundant, the – the limits came <laughs> and we had a, we had, well, we had like, uh, we had one bad winter. We had a lot of snow. Fisher don't do well with really deep snow. Correct. And, uh, not like, you know, Martin thrive in those they conditions. Love it, yeah. So we, uh, our Fisher numbers seem to be down and some trappers complained to the state that they weren't seeing enough Fisher. And all of a sudden we had a 10 Fisher limit and the season was cut down to a month. And it took about ten years to finally get back to, to a full, a full length season, and the limit has been bumped up to twenty five now. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to an unlimited Fisher harvest, but twenty five is yeah. pretty good. I mean, that's that's a good opportunity to go out and and catch some fur. Do you lose your limit out on Fisher then? Um, I I never have. Um, I, okay. Well, of course, we used to only be able to have 10. This is only the second year that we're allowed okay. 25. And okay. uh, I actually try to avoid Fisher. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I just love Martin trapping. And, and uh, so I've kind of focused on trying to catch Martin, and I catch Fisher incidentally. And uh, this year was the first year that I was kind of like, you know, I'm Martin trapping, but I, and I, I knew I was getting into an area that was cut over pretty hard. The habitat was not as good for Martin. I was like, I'm just going to run it, you know, run this line. And if I catch a few Martin, great. And if I catch some Fisher, great. And, of course, the Fisher came. <laughs> so right. I, uh, I, I, ran, I ran out of gas money and vacation time before, but I, I probably uh, three more checks and I would add 25. Okay. And you still got all your stuff out now? No, or... no, I'm done. I pulled everything. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the videos, the YouTube videos are still trickling in because I got a, I, 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 uh, I racked up a bunch of videos on on checks and I haven't caught up yet. I'm posting them up on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, guys are watching that. And they're like, oh man, they feel like, oh wow, you got snow on the ground or there's no snow on the ground or, <laughs> boy, what's you know what's it like over there? What's going on? I'm like, well, that was three weeks ago. Yeah. So. And you guys got a lot of snow now, then? No, we don't. It's this is the latest. Uh, we've gone that I can remember maybe 10, maybe 2013 might've been like this, Okay. but we had snow 
we had about a foot of snow and it all we got a bunch of warm really strange crazy warm weather and rain okay. and it rained like crazy we we lost pretty much all our snow and now it's got back cold it's been uh been in the single digits overnight and the highs have been around the you know 20 degrees 15 20 degrees and it's super cold and windy but there's no snow on the ground it's, okay. it's the strangest thing. It's probably what you're oh. used to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we got actually in a winter alert right now. We're getting like 48 inches in the next couple of days. Wow. There you go. So that's going to be good for Saturday. Have some new fresh snow on the ground. Yeah. That'll be real good. You'll have, you'll be able to see, see tracks. Yeah. yeah. And sure. then uh, what's your favorite bay for Pine Martin Fisher? Uh, mostly beaver meat. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I like, I like to set out with fresh beaver meat that I, I freeze from this previous spring. Yep. Uh, and I used to try to taint it and get it, you know, starting to smell a little bit, but anymore I found, I found that starting fresh, you get a little age on it early in the season anyway, uh, because you get a lot of days that are, you know, 35 40 degrees or or warmer early in the season and uh that'll give the meat a little bit of bit of age to it and but uh that that is really kind of the go-to here for baits um as we get later in the season it gets colder i i still use beaver but i like to use a higher percentage of uh fat oh yep those animals really like to have more fat in their diets when it's super cold they they just need that they need that energy correct so so that's mainly what i use but i've actually been using more and more fish um a while back a a friend of mine up in alaska that i went trapped with there he said why don't he was watching my videos he said why don't you use fish in your martin boxes he says that's all we use up here uh uh in, in for you know for martin trapping a lot of a lot of trappers just use fish and I thought, well why not so one year i i think i put a a quarter either a quarter or a third of my boxes i baited with fish and my success rates per trap baited with fish are way higher than anything else okay and so, you guys you guys you allowed to use game fish then um i i think if they're legally caught, I believe that we are. I don't okay. believe there are any rules against it. Um, okay. Typically, what I'm using, though, is suckers. Oh, so they're, are they, are they, up here, they're considered a rough fish. Yes. Yeah, they're not protected here. There's okay. no limit on them or anything. Okay. Yeah, I was going to try this year with sucker and see if I can if it changes compared fisher to martin. They They – the fish absolutely has a really strong calling power and when it especially when it's frozen it's amazing how how well that scent carries even when it's okay. frozen yeah i was gonna try it out this year and try out fish this year and see how it went yeah like success rate went up and it, someone mentioned to me the other day i don't know if it carries any weight but they were like well maybe your fish is working so good because every trapper in maine uses beaver <laughs> well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I mean, I don't know how many other traps these Martin and Fisher I'm catching have seen. Um, it's something to think about, I guess. We're using something a little different. It's it's a change right. up, but I think yeah. it's just it's just a good, effective bait, and it 
it has a lot of calling power too. I use a lot of venison in mine. Yeah. Venison scraps and Yeah. Yeah. I used to use a lot of that. Um I found it works it doesn't work better than beaver in my opinion, but it works fine. Um you know what I found I think has worked a little better for me is uh chicken or grouse. Oh, okay. Especially if it's got feathers. If it like if it still has the feathers on it. Yeah, a little peel, yeah. Yeah. And then I also found that our I was used to running a lot of leading poles and then I get a lot of refusals. So I moved my boxes to the ground, the fourth floor, and my catch rate went up by almost double. Oh yeah, absolutely. It does. It does. I I still get so much crap on YouTube comments about why I put my boxes on the ground. It just well, I, I've I've been criticized about that more than any other thing that I've put on YouTube. You need okay. to have your boxes up in the trees. <laughs> and uh, th- but the fact is, I mean, when I learned, when I got first started trapping, one of the first lessons I learned, my my trapping mentor took me out and and I I asked, you know, I was asking about different sets and what worked better, and he said, here, let's try this. And we went into a nice little spot. There's perfect Martin habitat. It was great, great looking spot. And he said, we're going to make three sets. We're going to, we're going to set a trap up in the tree, a little, little makeshift cubby and a leaning pole. Yep. We're going to set a box on the ground. And then we're going to set a little cubby on the ground with the 120 in front of it and bait right, right behind the trap. It was something to that effect. I can't remember the exact details. And we're going to go back and check it the next few days. Well, the very next day, we went back, and where did that Martin decide to go? We had a Martin in one of the traps, and it was in that ground cubby. Yeah. And so that was like, oh, okay. You know, if if the tree leaning pole set was the only thing there, that Martin may have gone there and got caught, but it may not have. So right. I, I guess the question is, um, you know, you get into people wanting to manage their trap line, not over harvest. They want to catch a higher male to female percentage, which um, I don't want to, um, I don't want to minimize uh, or, or minimize sort of the, this concept because I'm, I'm sure the people, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the trappers that believe this, but I, it doesn't, I don't buy it. Um, Based on the numbers, the animals that I've trapped, at least in these exclusion devices, um, on my ground sets, I'm still catching vast majority males, way higher male to female ratio. Yeah, same with here. And so I'm not convinced that a trap in the trees is going to catch a higher percentage of males compared to a trap on the ground. If it is, I'm not able to see it in my numbers. Correct. So, it, I mean, it's a good idea if, if, if you're not worried, like for me, I just, I know the, the habitat limitation where I'm trapping is not the trappers. It's not harvest. It's the habitat. Oh, um, you know, the, it's forest practices. It's how much wood is there and how much habitat is there for the Martin. That's, that's basically what is controlling the number of Martin that are out there on the, on the ground. So, right. um, I'm not, I can only catch 25 Martin. I can't control the populations. I there are other trappers around me that say, "Oh, I manage my martin and I catch 
you know, a couple in one area and then I leave and I move to a different area and that, that that's great. But if we're dealing with 25 Martin per trapper, does that really have an effect in a <laughs> 5 million acre landscape? Um, I, I don't, with, you know, how many trappers are out there? How many guys are trapping Martin up here? Uh, I don't, a hundred maybe. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not fully convinced of that, but, um, it, it works for some people in some areas. So I don't want to downplay it too much, but, but th- I agree with you. I, I, I want to make the catch as effectively as I can. And in a lot of cases I'll set the trap in the ground because it's just, it's the animal is more likely to go into a set where it's walking right by and it just has to duck into that box or cubby or whatever rather than to have to climb up a pole especially if if it's not necessarily uh, needing to have a meal at the time you know yeah and then our bobcat boxes up here we have to have a seven inch overhang oh is that for, that's for dogs probably it supposedly keeps it yeah from touching dogs yeah but our 160s we're allowed to we don't need to overhang on our 160s so long as it's not bigger than seven inches. But that that's still, I mean, that's pretty good that you're still allowed to set those on the ground. I mean, yes. most states, like, it's not legal here. Yeah. And even before the Lynx thing, it wasn't legal to set two, yeah. 220s on the ground or 160s. Mm-hmm. And all my, all my Fisher boxes are all 160, but I do catch the occasional Fisher in a 220. Yeah, the 160, boy, that's that's for for a Martin Fisher trapper, that's a pretty good universal trap, I think. Yeah. You know, I've took uh raccoons in the same I once in a while I'll get a big boar raccoon in a Fisher set and a Bobcat set. Yeah. If it warms up to 35 to 4 degrees, well, all my traps are clogged up with raccoons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so once they... in a while I'll get a fox to actually commit to a 220. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah, you, you're you not likely to have that up a tree. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, I had an otter in a 160 box. Did you? Yep, shoved ahead in a 160 box. Is that right near the water somewhere? Yep, never thought I'd catch an otter in a box, but it's done. <laughs> and we're allowed uh, four or three otter here. Okay. You, you guys allowed to take otter up there? Yeah, unlimited. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have a we have a lot of otter here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're very very common. We catch a lot when we're beaver trapping, incidentally. Okay. Yeah, I caught one this year in the springtime on a a, a dam break set. First one I've caught. Not during season. Yeah, I think um, the uh, just keeping track of my notes over time. It seems like a average uh, otter to beaver, like when you're beaver trapping, is usually about an otter per ten beaver. Okay, what, what we'll that catch. sounds. Yeah, so that's pretty high. I'd say that's pretty high numbers of otter. Yeah, you're, you're, that's when you're targeting beaver. Correct. So, but yeah, they're they're nice. It's nice. It's it's. I really just like. Um, I like variety. I like the idea of being able to, and it sounds like you do too, just being able to catch a wide variety of different species. Yep. And then I do have a few weasel boxes out too. Yeah. 
little kids. Now, do you have uh, both the long tail and the short tail weasel there? Yep. Okay. Get a lot more long tails, but there are some shorts around. Yeah. Yeah, I think you must have a pretty big weasel overall because you always hear about Minnesota as being a place where people trap weasels, target them. Yeah, we got some pretty big weasels. I mean, some of our weasels will take a full-grown rabbit. <laughs> yeah, we always catch them. We always catch them, Martin, and Fisher trapping. Uh, we have a pretty – well, I do a little bit of mink trapping too. We've got quite a few good mink around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that – now? now the – the big mink trappers like the Gerald Schmitz are that's that's further south from you, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. But you still have quite a few mink up your way? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't have a lot of trapping pressure, so every bridge, you know, it's pretty fair game for me. Yeah. Yeah, I caught I caught two of them in Martin traps this year, which was a first. Um I Oh wow. I caught one in the, the past, I don't know, past 10 years or so, I've only caught one. And I caught two in one day this year. <laughs> you do much water trapping besides beaver then? No, no. I I, um, I used to, when I was out martin trapping, I used to set 110s at every crossing or most crossings okay. because I thought, well, I might as well since, you know, I'm, I'm here setting traps and I'm driving by here. I might as well Correct. have a chance of catching mink and I'd never catch them. And so over time <laughs> I stopped doing it. I think okay. we have mink. They're just, they're, their numbers are just, I, 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 I think it may have something to do with the number of otters that we have. Mink, oh. mink and otter don't seem to, to overlap no. in really high numbers. Right. So, but we'll catch them. I mean, like you got here, a lot of guys catch them like muskrat trapping, and yeah, I've I've caught hundreds of muskrats in the swamp below my house, and I've only ever caught one mink in a muskrat set. Oh wow! I think nine percent of our mink diet is muskrat up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but of course, you know, that area is just teeming with otter. I'll catch some years, I'll catch three or four otter in one little area, and the next year there'll be just as many right back there. So, tons and tons and tons of abandoned beaver dams and old beaver lodges. And I just, it's great, great otter habitat. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you trap out a dam or a lodge, you can bet your butt that there are going to be otter in there. Oh, in the yeah. Next couple the ne very shortly, yep. I, I yep. remember we had a friend and I trapped a few years ago. We had a guy down the road that had a, a beep, huge, huge beaver lodge. And he wanted – they were flooding his, his farm field, and he was, he was all upset about it, and, and he wanted them all gone. And uh, it was kind of fun because we didn't know how many were in there. Um, it, but we, we'd catch them every single day. We, every time we'd go back, we, you know, we'd have more beavers and we finally ended up catching 10. Um, we got 10 out of that house and we left the traps for like three days after with no catch. And we went to pull the traps and we had an otter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It Did didn't you put up your otter. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
and then for a buyer this last year, pay he'll pay two dollars more to be put up, but it's not really worth the two dollars. No, it's not worth two dollars. I can tell you that. But nope. We we yeah, don't have see. I don't have a fur buyer. Um, oh okay. Uh, up here, we don't have anybody that. Well, we I, I take that back. We do have a guy that comes up um, once in a while, but it's I it's not. I don't know. It's, it just depends on what market he has. You know what he, what he oh, okay. can. He he's not always gonna buy all items and pay the same price that you could get Correct. somewhere else. So. Um, we pretty much have to have to put everything up to be able to sell it. And a lot of times okay. I'll, I'll send it to auction um, or, or I, I've gotten a lot of fur tanned. Actually the last, the last several otters I've sold, I've sold a few tanned um, to people through the website. Yeah. But I've uh, the last four that I got tanned, actually I, I, it's kind of funny coincidence today i just got in the mail um my friend josh up in alaska made me some mucklucks out of some otter pelts i sent them oh wow yeah they're awesome it, it took it took four tanned otter pelts they oh wow large extra large size pelts okay. to to make yeah. to make one pair of mucklucks and and then he lined up with moose hide on the outside oh very nice oh, yeah they're they're awesome have you tried them out yet? I yeah, I did. I um, we we need some more snow though. I'm a little, I don't want to walk on bare ground with them. I'm afraid to scuff them up too bad. They're, right. uh, they're just man, they're beautiful. You might have to sell those on the website. Yeah, I don't know what he'd have to get for them though. There's, I I looked at that the amount of labor that he has <laughs> in those. And, oh yeah. Oh my god, I think he'd have to get quite a bit to make it to 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 justify his time in making them. But Correct. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, if someone had the money, they're well worth getting. I mean, they're, Oh yeah. They're uh, awesome. I have a pair of the beaver mitts and they're unbelievable. Yep. Oh yeah. I've got a couple pairs of them. They're, they're absolutely, they're almost too warm. Yeah. Really they could be 30 below and I'm like, my hands are sweating. Yeah. Yeah. I wear them. I wear them a lot out. When I'm when I'm out either well either ice fishing or or working, and if it's 20 degrees, I can't wear them. My hands get too warm, and my hands typically yeah. get cold. <laughs> my hands are always <laughs> cold, but I gotta oh, wait yeah. till it's below 20 to to put those beaver mitts on. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I wish I wish that there was more of a market for that kind of thing because we there's so many furs is such a such a valuable product when it comes to keeping people warm. And it looks awesome and feels awesome. Yeah, and I, there, my wife was looking and getting a fur machine or a fur uh, sewing machine and doing a playing around with it. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder though, like how many can how how many people really want to buy it? I, Correct. And the ones that do want it, how many are willing to pay the money? Correct for a good quality product. Right. They're so yeah, used to paying dirt cheap for throwaway stuff that. Greg, and this is not throwaway stuff. I mean, you'll have yeah. it for a lifetime. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know when when those beaver mitts will wear out. I don't think they will. Mm -mm. So. But yeah, that's kind of the way our culture is. I guess everything is. Throwaway. Yep. Yeah. So. 
But anyway, hey, what else? Uh, what haven't we covered? Anything else you want to talk about, Cole? Um, favorite conibear? You got a big brand that you like, or kind of all? Uh, for me, I I really so my whole philosophy on traps has been I when I started out, I had no money and I just wanted to trap, and so I bought mm-hmm. the cheapest things I could find. <laughs> um, I don't. I feel like to me, brand is more important with footholds than it is with conibears. Right. So I find myself using a lot of Duke conibears and a lot of Bridgers. Um, if if money was no object, I'd probably have Belial's. Belial's. Yeah, I I mean for the price, I think Belial's are are really the best you can get. Um, Quick question for you: I just spent the last couple of days. I got some new Bridger 160s in the mail. Did you ever have trouble with the dogs or the trigger mechanism going off and just swinging in the wind? Uh, no, um, I have not, but I have had, were those, are those Magnums or are they just standard? Just standard 160. Yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't had that issue. Okay. I got the one in the, and yeah, and, and I read on Trapper form, take a hammer and smash them down. And when I did that, I had to end up filing the dog down. So it seated the end of the, the trigger itself. There, there's definitely, it seems to be there's a lot of quality control issues there because I've bought the 330 Magnums and the 120 Magnums recently, well, yep. in, in, about a year ago. And both of them, you, you cannot set those jaws beyond the very first notch on the trigger. The, you have the jaws all the way open and the, the spring eyes will be touching each other on both sides and you're squeezing as tight as you can and you can barely get to the first notch. Yeah. So there, that's obviously a, a huge problem with, with, uh, the way that trap was, is built. Correct. They never used to be that way. No. And like the sad part is every Duke I've ever had for conibears right out of the box are ready to go. Yeah. Um, the Duke's, the Dukes are, I think, the actual quality out of the box. Well, yeah, for conibears. For footholds, you always have to do all kinds of stuff with them. Yeah. The, the conibears, I agree. They're ready to go right out of the box. The, of course, the only issue is it, the steel can bend pretty pretty easily. It just yeah. seems, the metal just seems to be softer on the Dukes. I, I joined the 330 club this year. <laughs> Did you really? I the wife was talking to me, and I was sitting in a, uh, next to a culvert, and I got, I only got you're one gonna side. Blame, you're going to blame the wife? <laughs> well, I mean, I was talking to her, you know, and I got my hands in the water, and I almost just, oh, oh, this ain't good. Yep, I joined the 330 club. Oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. I Yeah, that's not fun. I fortunately have never been caught, but I know it's going to happen eventually, and I think the way it's going to happen is I'm probably going to slip down a bank and slide right oh. into the trap. Yep, I, I've I've got my foot in one, checking a run or something, and then you couldn't find where the run was just, and then you had a trap there, and bam! <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a – you need a trapper until you get bit. Yeah, well, I'm not a trapper yet. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then I, um, I want to order some of your long call. Yeah. 
Then it comes in four ounce bottles. Yes. Okay. Yes, I never. When I started making lure, I decided I was gonna not mess with one ounce. Just I did not want to deal with all the little quantities. And then the issue is uh, shipping is so expensive nowadays that oh, yeah. you can't ship. You ship a one ounce bottle of lure, and the person has to pay just as much in shipping as they pay for the lure. Yep. So. I, and yeah. you guys do speedy, or how do you guys do your? Uh... No, we don't have speedy here. That, okay. I think that's just a mid Midwest thing. Okay. Um, no, it's all usually the cheapest we can go is USPS, um, U.S. Postal Service, and it's gonna be if if you buy one four ounce bottle, it'll go standard first class mail. If you buy two, it's it's uh, actually cheaper to put it in a flat rate. Uh, padded flat rate envelope and so anything any anything someone buys that's two bottles of lure or more it it goes priority mail okay yeah that's uh do you have any other questions no that should be it all right well enjoyed talking with you man yeah we'll have to get together and do it again yeah all right well good luck out there fisher trapping and hope hope uh Hope the rest of your season goes well. Will do. I got your phone number and I'll send you some pictures. All right. Right on. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremiah. All right. Take care, Cole. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Thanks again for listening into that uh, interview, guys, and hope that you gained some information that'll help you out a little bit uh, in your trapping or just uh, found it interesting. I want to uh, give you a, just a quick heads up that there is a sale on the trapping today store uh, now until christmas time and everything on the store is 10 percent off uh, store-wide and all you gotta do is use the code at checkout xmas10 xmas10 when you go to trappingtodaystore.com there'll be a banner at the top of the site that that shows you what that code is um, if you forget it and uh, that'll give you 10% off of any purchase. Uh, remember, all items are free shipping. And uh, be sure to take advantage of that. Um, by the time you listen to this, maybe you're going to be a little tight to get your stuff by Christmas. But uh, even, you know, if, if, you, uh, if you order it, you'll get it hopefully before the first of the year if you order it in the next few days. And if not, take advantage of that sale and uh, you'll at least get the discount. So, um Thanks, guys, again, for all the support, uh, listening to the podcast, and for those who have gone to the store, bought lures, done all that stuff, and supported our sponsors, Cots Bros and OnX. And uh, use that promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, save you some money uh, at onxmaps.com. And, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good year. We're nearing the end of it here, I guess. I, I hadn't really even given it much thought until I just looked at the the date on the computer as as i was mentioning the discount code and the getting your stuff by the holidays holy smokes we are creeping in on the end of the year very very shortly and uh i hadn't even thought about it i hadn't, hadn't thought much about looking back on the year and how things have gone but um yeah i just uh briefly i think it's it's been a, a pretty good year and i hope to look forward to more uh, growth in the podcast and the YouTube channel and all that other stuff in the coming year. And I hope you guys will be along the ride with me. All right. Take care, guys.